Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, we're talking to Melissa and Stephanie Carcace, founders of Millennial Women Talk. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome everyone to this episode of On The Spot. Excited to have you here today as I am every week where we feature some incredible women, some incredible relatable role models. As you know, On The Dot is all about bringing relatable role models, you know, ordinary women doing extraordinary things to you so that you can see their path, see yourself on their path and follow that path for you as well and help you succeed. And today I'm really, really excited to welcome Melissa and Stephanie Carcace, the founders of Millennial Women Talk. This ought to be super interesting because as we know, millennial women are going to be the largest group of women in the workforce. And we all know that there are a lot of challenges in today's world. So really excited to get to know you guys and to hear about what you're doing. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Absolutely. Before we get down to what you're doing today, what I'd like you guys to do, and you can sort of do it individually, or you can sort of, you know, talk together, but I'd like to go way back. What was your big dream when you were growing up? What did you think you would be doing? And how did you sort of get on this path? So since she's older, you'll start first. Oh, okay. I'll start <laughs> first. <laughs> so my big dream was, Melissa, right? we do sound similar to in voice. Not only do we look alike, also in voice, we sound similar. <laughs> But this is Melissa speaking. And, you know, my biggest dream since I was five years old was to be an actress. And I did accomplish that dream at 24. It took me a bit, but I accomplished it. And it is what I sort of do. You know, I come from an entertainment background. Um, So does Stephanie. She'll talk to you about that as well. But I wanted to be an actress. That was my biggest dream. And, you know, I moved out to L.A. when I was 18 years old. And it was so horrible for me because I could not get an audition to save my life. I actually moved then back home to Miami, which is where we're from. And this little show called Every Which Way on Nickelodeon kind of stumbled upon me. And they said, you know, have you auditioned for the show yet? And I said, no, I haven't. And I'm like, I'm 24 years old. Like, what am I going to do on Nickelodeon? Well, long story short, they had been searching for my character for like almost a year. And within two weeks, I booked the role and I was on the show for four seasons, uh, which was the complete run of the series. You felt like you look like a witch, huh? (laughs) Yes. My character had no powers, which I was like, how am I a witch with no powers? Well, that was my big break. And then I moved back to LA and it was back to square one. Could not get an audition to save my life. And I was like, God, are you kidding me right now? I was like, are we back to this? I just booked the show. I've been on the series for so long and nothing was happening. And so Steph and I at the time were sharing this really tiny one bedroom, one bathroom apartment in the Valley. I was hoping that we were gonna get out of that apartment because I thought I was gonna book more jobs and I didn't, so we couldn't afford it. And um, you know, we were very uh, down in the dumps and uh, Millennial Women was born. We were searching for something to motivate us. There was literally nothing in the market that was speaking to Millennial Women. Actually, I don't even think there's that much right now, really, besides us, um, that we're creating, you know, inspirational, resourceful content for the women of our generation. And we were just like, we got to create it. And and that's how this company kind of happened. This, this, you know, has really become our life's purpose. We never thought in a million years we would have this company. We never thought we would be in the (laughs) podcast and touring. And just how she's saying, like, she started off as entertainment, so did I. Our house was very um, artistic, I would like to say, because our little brother, 
also played drums and I grew up singing. That was my thing. And I had my own artistic journey throughout the years. And I even got, you know, some vocal nodules at one point and lost my voice. And it was this whole big madness, I would say, that led us to where Mel was saying we were both just very low in our artistic careers, sharing this one bedroom, one bath apartment in LA. And we were looking to get motivated. We were looking for role models, as you definitely point out so much how important it is. Role models are even just relatability to us as women, as millennials. And there wasn't really much out there. And when there was, we weren't being represented correctly. So a lot of negative narratives surrounding our generation. At the same time, we were meeting incredible women that were doing incredible things. And we were like, why aren't they being highlighted? And so that's kind of how it ended up being to where it is now. But I do find it a very interesting story of how it actually really, really started. So Mel, talk about Millennial Girls. Yeah, actually, Millennial Women started off as a TV show called Millennial Girls. And Steph and I pitched it all over town for a whole year. Yeah. No one wanted to buy the series. Not that many people know this story. Yeah, it's funny. It, <laughs> we literally just because, and I'm a producer at heart, it just came natural to me. So when we pitched the show around town for a year, no one wanted it. But they kept saying, the message is there, which is really the core message of our company today. They're like, the message is there, and we love it, and we love you guys. But you know, we're not going to spend money in buying this show. We're not going to hire a writer, et cetera, et cetera. All the Hollywood jumble that they always love to yeah. sell you. <laughs> and uh, when we moved back to Miami after that, I was like, we got to come back home. Something inside of me, I, our faith is at the center and core of our lives. And I prayed about it. And literally one day in April, I felt it in my bones. I went to her. I was like, we're moving back home to Miami. She's like, what is happening? And I'm like, no, no, no. Something is telling me we got to go back. And so when we moved back, it was around May or so, we had gotten the final no from another uh, studio. And I said to her, this isn't a TV show. I said, this story, these women are cannot be told by characters. They have to be the voices of the real women of the generation. And this is going to be a traveling podcast. And my sister's like, you've lost your mind. She's like, but then I was like, but wait, I love to travel. I love to meet. I'm like a super social yeah. person. I was like, I can actually do this. Like, I only knew music, right? Like, mm-hmm. that was just like singing. Like, that was my thing. And when she was telling me this, and, and it's funny because it goes full circle. When you see us in videos as a child, like, we were always doing this, like, interviewing each other. Like, we just loved chattering and making friends. So it really did come full circle. And when she told me this, I was like, what do you mean I'm going to be a host of a podcast? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, everybody always says that you can't really imagine what it's going to be, right? Like, right. your life, if you're open to it, which that was my personal struggle, right? Because you want to be in control. You want to know, this is what I'm working for. This is what I'm going to accomplish. This is what I'm going to be. And then there's also this other part where the magic happens. We're speaking about witches and magic, right? (laughs) So like when the magic happens, it's when you allow yourself to be like, oh, I'm going to open it up. And it's like what Mel says, like what was a passion project completely turned into our life's purpose, which is now millennial women. That's awesome. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about your parents because they immigrated from Cuba, correct? And they are entrepreneurs. So how much influence did that sort of family life have and, you know, that support of your entrepreneurial dream? From the beginning, we have a very dreamer-esque father. And, um, you know, we were very fortunate for that because it was never like, this is your path. This is what you have to do in life. Like the traditional 
realm. It was like, this is how people usually do it, but there's so many other ways to do it. And he's a big reader. So he was always telling us, you know, you have to read, read people's stories. And he was just always reinventing himself. So we actually saw that firsthand, a man that when he said, now I want to write a book, he wrote the book. Like, now I want to be in construction, he became a general contractor. Like, he was always that. And we also saw the support of my mother. Like, my father wanted to do this, and she would organize it. You know, we grew up firsthand in all that. We were there every step of the way. Like, all our memories really were in, in the office, right. which is actually, we have our office in the back of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're still those kids, like, looking at our parents, admiring all the stuff that they're accomplishing. But, um, yeah. you know, it really proved to us that there was no limit, even if you did come from another country and you're in America our parents adapted and worked very, very hard. Right. I, and another thing that I, it was tough on the family, but it was good to see. So as yeah. Steph said, you know, they learned the language coming from Cuba, no English, no nothing, no education really. And they had three businesses that failed before this one that they have right. today. And I saw, we saw growing up the ups and downs of what business is really like. So for us, when things don't go our way, it's not a surprise. We're just like, well, this is a part of the process, right? right. It's like, it's not all roses and, and <laughs> rainbows. And it's yeah. funny because in our first year of business, I remember something had happened. That, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but my dad walked in the office and I said, well, you know how it is, dad, you know, first year business problems. And he started laughing and he goes, oh, Melissa, he's like, this is every year problem. This is forever. And it's nice to see. It's nice that we have our parents yeah. as like our biggest cheerleaders, but also our biggest role models. So we're very grateful for that, for sure. That's great. Well, so tell us about the actual road show because it's coming up and I know that you're coming to Austin, Texas and you've got a couple other cities. So tell us about where you're going and what's going to happen during the road show. Well, last year in our first year, we, you know, we started off in our hometown, Miami. We went to LA, New York, and Nashville. This year, we started off in Atlanta. Now we go to Austin and we do Miami again. And next year, we're actually going overseas. We want to be able to really grab the global perspective of the millennial women because, you know, quite honestly, I freaked out when Steph's like, the company's going to be called Millennial Women. I was yeah. like, okay. That means that we represent an entire generation right. of females. That's huge. So what do we do to be able to support it and really yeah. pay homage to the name? Because that means it's every woman, every millennial woman across the planet. So we hope through the years that we travel to other places around the world and yeah. Japan and India and China and For sure. you know, all these amazing places to see yeah. how the millennial women are, like you love to say, thriving. And it's such a wonderful word because they are thriving. They are thriving. I think it's also, you know, the traveling aspect because we do do in-studio interviews, but when you're there, right, and you're able to meet these people in person, and, you know, I'm such a strong believer in the personal and self-development there is in travel, mm -hmm. right? And it's not everybody has the luxury to do that, but the conversations, the people you meet throughout travel is something that we are very passionate about grasping for our audiences, wherever they be, because there's so much we can learn from each other. And I was super fortunate to have an experience that I actually was spending a lot of time in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East in the last recent years. And I was having the same conversations that I was having with women here in Miami, I was having with my Muslim girlfriends in Abu Dhabi. And I was just Instantly, when you realize that fundamentally we're all so much more alike than we are different, that just 
is a changer. And and that was something that when we were building this and when she told me traveling podcast, it, everything just clicked because that's what it's about. It's about realizing that we're so much more alike and we can find that out through our conversations. Like surface wise, we may look different. You know, all that surface stuff is different, but fundamentally we all are alike. And that's at the root of every conversation we have in each city. And it's been really amazing to learn from the women and then be able to actually record it and put it on a podcast and have everybody hear these amazing conversations like oh it's been really incredible it really has i think it is interesting and certainly i find on the dots work around the globe women all over are facing some of the same issues and challenges so specific to this millennial generation you know what are you what have you found to be some of the really key challenges that millennial women like you hear over and over and over again what challenges are they trying to overcome I hear a lot of work-life balance, right? Which is something when we tell our mom, she's like, what? You know, like, (laughs) I think this is the thing, right? So we had a conversation in New York Mm -hmm. with um, Abby Auerbach. She was on our mentor episode and she had told us, you know, women can have it all, but not at the same time, right? So like, there's time for work, there's time for balance. And sometimes there's going to be seasons where work-life balance doesn't exist. So if you're a person that's working a nine to five, but you also have a side hustle or a passion project, your balance is not going to be as much. If you want to reach, you know, that side hustle to be at a certain level, that's going to pay you to get rid of that nine to five, just as an example, then that's going to take a lot of work. And so the balance is going to sacrifice, right? So that's something that we're really exploring a lot with women right now. And also in the sense of, you know, the millennial women, we've disrupted a lot of things, right? So we're challenging religion, we're challenging even gender, we're challenging a lot of different areas within what society has kind of established itself in. And then this does come with, we do need that balance, right? Because you do need to take care of yourself when you are tackling these really substantial, heavy, you know, topics, you do need to take care of yourself spiritually, emotionally. So I think I would say it's work-life balance. There's definitely a a couple challenges we often hear. Absolutely. And I think one of them, you just hit it on the nail, right? When you were ending is your spirituality, your well-being, your alignment, your eternal growth. That is like number one, you know, the burnout situation is very real because It's now a syndrome. Um, You know, looking at it online, you know, comparing your life to other people on social, which, you know, we all are guilty of doing that at some point. And people just kind of, these women want to go at a speed that's not realistic, right? So they kind of have to go back to the center, back to their alignment, back to their faith, you know, allow God and the universe, whatever they want to call it, to kind of guide them and surrender to that. And I think that within our podcast, we do, I feel, a really great job to kind of, you know, provide the value that's great for your mind, body, and soul. You know, that's what I love about the podcast, a little bit of everything, but at the core of it, it's who you are. Okay, so let's talk sort of about the elephant in the room, but what you alluded to earlier, just the stereotype of millennials. I think that the rap that they're not hardworking and the need for immediate gratification, you know, the huge debt that they're in, you know, certainly student debt's an issue, but really personal debt and kind of that keeping up with the Joneses. So what do you think, how do you coach these women to overcome those stereotypes, especially in the workplace? Because I think, you know, certainly as someone from another generation, Gen X, I think there've been a lot of frustration. I hear that a lot just about just really trying to figure out, you know, how do we move this woman up when, you know, they don't feel as committed? Yeah, I think, you know, our generation kind of went through a lot of different changes, like the main one being the internet, right? The internet like completely changed 
everything. And it affected in the sense of like the millennials because we were children, we were growing up and so much of what happens in childhood kind of ends up affecting you negatively or positively later on. We just grew up in different times. So many structures and the way you even look at like business models now have completely changed, right? It's a lot of people working remotely, freelancing, like so many of this traditionalness has changed. And so I think it's adapting to like those changes. And I think that we can come up with ways to understand each other just by communication. But the way that we kind of support our generation is more so providing value in the personal and self-development areas. Because I think that everything else gets fixed in a way when you focus within. Like we sometimes tackle business, I would say, but mostly in our podcast, we focus on who you are rather than what you do. Because if you start at the root within, then everything else kind of is positively affected by that. Yeah, very interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the F word, failure, um, which is something that's super challenging, I mean, just as, as a general issue for women, right? I mean, I think that fear of failure, that confidence gap, it's what we're always working to overcome. But I think it's especially hard for the millennial generation because of the, you know, trophy for everything syndrome, which, you know, that was the previous generation, obviously, that it was feeding that, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, well, wait, I'm in the real world. And you mean, I don't get a trophy when I mess up and I fail. Failure is actually more common than success, like a hundredfold, right? We know that. I mean, it's a hard concept, I think, in general for everyone and certainly for women. You know, how do you sort of talk about that with millennial women specifically, how to face that failure and overcome it? So failure is my favorite. I'm not going to lie. It's my favorite thing because that means something exciting is coming, right? So in order for something to get together, something has to fall apart. And so for me in my life, and I'm sure Steph can relate to this, every time that I failed at something, a brand new, shiny, bigger door opens and it's like beyond my wildest dreams. So I actually get excited when things don't work out, to be honest. I think that for me, it's something that I personally have dealt with within my acting career, within millennial women. You know, think about just millennial women before millennial girls was a complete failure. I could have easily just said, forget about it. It's not a TV show. It's over. But it was like being self-aware, being aligned, having my faith and saying, no, it's not a TV show. It's this. So if those failures didn't happen, the millennial women would have never existed. Yeah. So I think that if women and people in general can just embrace failure and get excited when it happens and to think that mindset of saying something great is on the way, I think people would be more excited about failure because you're right. It does happen way more than success does. I mean, success is like a very, very tiny percentage of what you get to like enjoy it of life. But you would just to follow social media, you think that the only thing that happens is success, right? And it's intimidating, you know? And like, as children growing up on Disney, right? Like, we're the Disney culture. Like, for me, it was that. It was like, I think it took me a little longer, although our parents always showed us failure. For me, I definitely had the Disney syndrome. I was like, it's supposed to be happily ever after. You know what I mean? Like, you have that one big failure, which is what you're saying, that changes everything, and then the big door happens. But then I realized... We do have those big failures, but we have consistent failures every day that are there. That's just practice, right? 
it's like the same way like a baseball player like you have to practice so like these little failures is what gets us to work and become our optimized self right so it's like it's the big failures that change our perspective and then it's the small failures that are just practicing every day to become that better person you have to practice and the only way to practice is to miss the ball you know what I mean and and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah I love that that's awesome okay so as we close out I want to do a little bit of a, a speed round just to get to know a little bit more about you so we'll just do super quick answer to this what's your morning routine look like oh coffee <laughs> smoothies <laughs> okay and what are you currently reading or listening to Ooh. a return to love by Mariana Williamson, Williamson. yeah He's running for president. Did you know that? I saw the debates. I'm like, what? Marianne Williams. I really just found that out. And I had started the book. I was like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> I'm actually reading the four agreements again. Okay, awesome. Who's your role model? Our parents. Oh, our well, parents. my parents. Yeah, our parents. Our parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. What's one thing you can't live without? Oh, boy, that's hard. Uh, Honestly, I really can't live without my family. I think about it all the time. You know, we we have a very close group of friends, but when I think about just not having my family, I can't live without that. That's for sure. Well, definitely family, but for me, music. Like, I always have this battle within me, like the artistic side and then like the business side. But if I just listen to a good song by the end of the day, I like that artistic side of me is like, (laughs) I listen to music. And what's one piece of advice that you would give to your 10-year-old self? Oh, gosh. I would tell her it's going to be fine. Like, to relax. You're going to get there. Like, don't stress about it. Don't try to, like, you know, not sleep. Like, you're going to get there. Have patience. Don't fall in love with an illusion. Work hard. Actually build a clear path. You will get there. You hit it. For me, it was don't fall in love with the illusion. Yeah. Right? Just going back to what we were talking about, like the Disney Disney girl. Coming from the Disney girl. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Okay, well, thank you guys so much. Where can women find you? Give us your website, and they can also find out more about your tour and the tour dates. So you can find out more on wearemillennialwomen.com and follow us on social at wearemillennialwomen. Yep. Tickets are there. The links are all on our bios. So definitely join us in Austin. We can't wait to see you. July 18th. Well, thank you all so much. I really appreciate you sharing so openly and authentically. And we will definitely have to keep in touch because I think we're running on parallel paths and would love to continue to support you all and what you're doing for women. So congratulations. Really, really proud of you guys. Thank you so much, Melinda. Have a great day. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our free daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass you are meant to be. The next two weeks, On The Dot is going to be on our beach vacation. So we're going to recap some of the most amazing stories from the past year. I hope you get a chance to get to the beach as well, because every boss lady needs a break. We're focused on your success. So let us know what you think by chatting with us at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear your voice. 